Uh, tonight, it's Ryan and Nick from our home studios. The big game's going to be next week, though. We're going to be onside all week in Las Vegas. BetQL Network's going to have shows from the BetMGM Sportsbook at Mandalay Bay. Going to have all kinds of guests. Going to have all kinds of people showing up. We're going to be going around checking out some stuff, maybe some food reviews, maybe a makeover for PJ, who's going to be out there with us, too, helping out all the shows. Tons of stuff going on right here, BetQL Network, all of it. It's going to be an incredible week, Ryan. Uh, we also now have continued the bit as the show has gone on. When you put us at home, we do things a little bit differently. This all started when we tried to find something random around our home setups, uh, sports-related, and or just in general, just something random. I had the weird cutout of me that was at Capital One Arena during the pandemic. Uh, that freaked everybody out, so I put that away very quickly. We're going to never do that again. I promise, guys, don't worry unless I just don't want to show up. I'll just have it stand in for me. It'll be totally fine. So uh, you right now, though, sir, have yourself something that is a spring yeah. training jersey, which will be uh, – that. Yeah. that's a new one so far for us today. Yeah, I had to go deep in the closet. Uh, Omar Vizquel, former uh, shortstop for the then Cleveland Indians, now Guardians, gifted me this uh, in Arizona one year. Uh, I believe it was Arizona. I was young and, uh, yeah, got an autograph <laughs> on the back as well. So I went uh, – Went, went, went deep in the closet for this one. Now I'm trying to figure out, is that a Smush Parker? What are you rocking there? Now, so this one is going to take you about two seconds to figure out. I've had some ones that are a little more obscure. This jersey, Kobe. all you got to do is look at the number. Yep. Lakers number That's eight, exactly. Kobe Bryant. Here's the thing, though. When you look at it, look how wide the sleeves are. Remember when the era, the NBA went through this era where they went, it was more like a, instead of a tank top, the jerseys were more like a, a cutoff t-shirt. That's what this is right here. And it looks, honestly, when I look at myself on the camera here, I look like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. I got a black t-shirt. I got this yeah. like, big yellow vest looking thing. And I'm ready to just be like, get over here. Like that's that's yeah. what this looks like right now. So this was a bad era, I'll be honest. The jerseys when they had the big wide kind of sleeve looking thing, almost as bad as the jerseys that had sleeves. Sleeves. Never again, NBA. Let's not even pretend. It was a horrible, horrible idea. Guys were ripping them off and splitting them. It was a terrible thing. But second to that was this, where you had just big wide sleeves like it was a cutoff t-shirt. Yeah, like when I see those type of jerseys, that cut right there, that reminds me of like the seventh or eighth grade when a team would show up, they would get off the bus and you'd be like, we are going to bust these guys' ass. Like this is yeah. somebody's beast. Is this yeah. somebody's sixth grade squad? Like did the eighth grade team catch the chicken pox? Or I'll catch mono. Like, that's what those jerseys remind me of. Those are like the practice jerseys. I, I can't believe that those things ever existed. But, um, man, yeah. shout out to your NBA jersey game, though. Pretty, I mean, you got, I mean, you got the Kobe, right? But also you got the Larry Johnson. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you're uh, the Michael Finley. Now that was, I think that yeah. wins the night, to be honest. I was a big Michael Finley it guy. Might. Plus, you know, shout out the Badgers, of course. Yeah, so it might win the night, but I got a couple more. So I'll tell you right now, I won't wear the Shaq. I got a Shaq Lakers jersey. Not going to bring that on. Got a Kobe already. Don't need to do both because we only got two more segments. I got two more, though, and I want to see what you think about those because we got two more segments in the show after this. I'll see if you think any of those top the Michael Finley Mavericks jersey that's there. Uh, I know you're like me, Ryan, and you like to look at NFL mock drafts early uh, and often, yeah. as right now, we're looking at Caleb Williams, minus 900 to be the number one overall pick. Drake Mays, plus 450 to go one. 
Jane Daniels, 10 to one, Marvin Harrison Jr. 11. And we go down the board to like Michael Penix at 40 and Bo Nix at 90 to one. Fine. Those odds are there. We know none of that's happening. That tells us the story. Caleb Williams going number one overall. The question really becomes here, and you, I mean, again, love the 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 uh, the NFL draft as much as anybody betting on it. You're great at it. Uh, the the NBA and NFL draft are two places where I love to sit there and make a lot of money. I think the bet still for me, Bijan Robinson going number eight to the Falcons. That exact pick. That's one of those all timers for me where I'm just gonna go. Okay, I hit that like hitting you know two outrights in golf last year. It just do this and know that it's probably never going to happen again just like that. But, you know, it's interesting here because Caleb Williams has been talked about as a number one overall pick for years. Like, this is nothing new. We know this is going to come down here. We got that weird spot still. We're trying to figure out what the Bears are going to do. Now, I think the most logical thing is they trade Justin Fields, get themselves maybe a second and a fourth or a fifth. There are teams that have been willing to possibly reportedly give up uh, at least a second round pick for him, played well at the end of the season. But what if, let's just say, what if? What if the Bears decide to keep Justin Fields? Do something crazy. I mean, it's still going to be Caleb Williams, but the question then just becomes, like, who's actually trading up to take him, and how does that then scramble the rest of the draft moving down? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a really good question, too. I mean, I think Chicago should and will take Caleb Williams yeah. or Drake May or Jalen or Jaden Daniels, but I think it will be uh, Caleb Williams. But – Let's say they do want to hang on to Justin Fields. Obviously, mm. like he has the respect of everybody in that locker room. He hasn't had a very good offensive line. The offensive line was much improved the second half of last season. They finally invested in the offensive line. But like DJ Moore's option number one, he's your number one weapon. He came out and said that he thinks Justin Fields is a better option than Caleb Williams or Drake May or even Jaden Daniels. Mm -hmm. um, now, what's he supposed to say? It's easier for... Right. DJ Moore to kind of see the writing on the wall and come out and say like Luke Getze, yeah, he's just fine. He can't really do that though with the quarterback because if he is back, there goes your targets. Plus you have to share a locker room with the guy. Mm -hmm. Plus I don't think there was like any beef. I think all these guys really do like Justin Fields. But the thing is, yeah. man, it's the Chicago Bears and you already passed on Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson for Mitchell Trubisky. I just don't think that you could do that again. But if they do hang on to Justin Fields and they do want to move this pick, I mean, I think that the commanders at two definitely want to move up just to ensure, just to make sure that they're going to get Caleb Williams. Um, one, because I think he's the best quarterback in this draft. At least he has the highest ceiling in this draft, and he's from here. And that's a marketing dream, him going back to D.C., the hometown kid. Yeah. He'd want to be here, and um, I think he could you know, kind of be the guy that turns that thing around, just like Joe Burrow was in Cincinnati. Nobody ever thought that the Bengals were going to be relevant, even Bengals fans, and Burrow turned that thing around pretty quickly. So a lot of these teams' organizations are just a quarterback away. But I do think that the Bears do take Caleb Williams. But, man, that would shake everything up. And then I wonder, what do they do? Do they look to trade back, obviously? You know, then do they, do they take Marvin Harrison, just surround Justin mm -hmm. Fields with more weapons? You know, do they go out and get another pass rusher? That's already a pretty damn good defense, second half of the season, the top 10 defense. And that's what Matt Eberflus does best. He coaches defense. Because that might be where they kick themselves. They probably make the right decision at quarterback and take Caleb Williams, man. But look at the coaches that are even still on the market right now available. Who would you rather have, Nick? Matt Eberflus or Mike Vrabel? 
I mean, even cranky I mean, ass a, old Bill yeah, Belichick. Like you know, like if you want to talk defensive minded head coaches, do you want Bill Belichick, the guy with the rings, or do you want Matt Eberflus? I'll take Belichick, right? Even if the game has passed him by and he's old. So, um, yeah. It's. I, I mean, I think really where the market kind of starts to get a little more interesting is after the number one overall pick. Because if we can play these games, right, and say, well, maybe this team does this. I've just learned over the years in the NBA and the NFL draft, both are very similar. The stuff that you hear early on, it's not 100%, but the stuff that you hear early on in the process generally tends to come back around as the truth when it's all said and done. Because in the middle of it, yeah. between the you know the beginning of the offseason and then the actual draft, there's a lot of spots where a lot of teams, agents, everybody are just trying to muddy up the waters as much as they can, right? It's lying season. That's That's all that this comes down to. So you got teams trying to do it. Just anybody trying to get an advantage one way or the other. So a player will drop so they could trade up to get a player, whatever the case is. Just going to the number two overall pick does get a little more interesting. If you could start looking as that that market starts to take shape here, uh, you know, at, at books just a, across the board. There are more and more people starting to at least whisper Jane Daniels, number two to Washington over Drake May. Mel Kuyper Jr. did it. Nate Davis. USA Today, friend of shows, come on a bunch of times. Uh, this is something that he also put there too. Drake May then going three to the Patriots. So that's where you really have to start looking at this and going, what would fit better? Because Washington and New England both have clean slates, right? Like new coaches. It's going to be really a new front office in New England too, just like in Washington because Belichick's not there anymore. So it's okay, what is the identity of the team going to be in Washington? Because it's going to be a trickle-down effect in New England. Uh, we got to figure out who the hell their head coach is, which would be a pretty good start, what the offensive staff looks like. So these are the types of things where I really do believe that number two is up in the air with a slight lean towards Drake May. But if Jaden Daniels has some good workouts, you know what happens, right? These dudes with all of that athleticism on top of the skill set and what he was able to do on the field last year, oh, man, he could start rising up the board to the point where teams are trying to trade up to get Jaden Daniels and even see if Washington's willing to move out of that pick, which I promise you they ain't going to do. Yeah, and that's why, like, I think Caleb Williams goes number one overall, even though, okay, he didn't have the season this year that we thought he was going to have, but also, mm. like, he had to push a lot more because that defense was so bad for USC. And uh, I didn't think this was Lincoln Riley's best coaching job this year. Like when Caleb Williams looked his best this season, it was all like backyard playground stuff. But I still think he's a great talent. He can make every single throw. He's awesome, man. So I think he goes number one overall. But then like the second overall pick or the second quarterback taken, I think that's where it gets interesting because we all thought it was going to be Drake May. And I like Drake May a lot. But remember, like, Jameis when he was at Florida State was awesome that first year and then regressed a little bit that second year. And I would say kind of, like, regressed every year after that. And I'm not saying that that is Drake yeah. May, but, like, teams started playing more too high shell. And also he lost a bunch of weapons from that first year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of like Jordan Love. Like, Jordan Love regressed his that uh, last year at Utah State because he lost, like, half of his offensive line and all of his wide receivers. And it's college football, so they didn't replace him. Um but Jaden Daniels got better every single year. Going to LSU, even going into this season, everybody's like, Jaden Daniels is probably going to have to switch positions. He's going to have to play wide receiver. He reminds me so much of Lamar, just a lighter version of Lamar. He's going to have to put some weight on. He's going to have to learn how to slide, get out of bounds. But mm -hmm. he can make every single throw. Like, look at his A dot, man. He pushes the ball down the field. 
and uh, he's really, really accurate. He's probably more accurate than Lamar. He could be a better overall quarterback than Lamar. That's And that's tough to say because I love Lamar. He's the MVP of the league. But I think Jaden Daniels is going to be a good pro if he's put in the right system. That's why I love, like, system quarterback when we talk about Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, everybody needs a good system. You know, like, Sam Darnold, if he was drafted by the yes. San Francisco 49ers, would probably still be a starting quarterback. Instead, he was drafted by the Jets. And today we're all reading an article in The Athletic about the Jets. Like, organizations that are a dumpster fire are always going to remain a dumpster fire. Unless you fire the idiots and you bring on the smart people, which, like, hopefully that's the case for the commanders. But, yeah, man, I I could see Jaden Daniels rising and Drake may be in the guy that falls. Even though I think all three of them are going to be really good. I just think this is a loaded quarterback and wide receiver class. Yeah, I I mean... It's it's one of those things where Jaden Daniels has already risen so much anyway. I remember you and I talking about this. I want to yeah. say it was towards the end of the regular season in college football. And I was like, I think he's going to end up being a top 10 pick. And that was before that was really a conversation. And where we sat there and was like, you know, looking at his skill set, what he's been able to do with, you know, a lack of a defense. And I meant, yeah, like that actually makes sense. And now we're looking at potentially number two overall pick. And I don't think it goes like he's not going to jump to one, but the workouts He's going to look good in these workouts, and teams are going to love him even more. I actually would maybe lean right now Jaden Daniels going number two over Drake May just because of the upside that's there. And I know that Drake May's got that prototypical size, right, 6'4", 230, whatever he is, big arm. But, you know, you talk about some of the mistakes. He's got some of that YOLO, effort. he's downfield type of mentality that Josh Allen has, which we've seen. It can be good. It can also be really bad, and it can change the dynamic of a game. Jaden Daniels has some of the Lamar Jackson skill set where you can change the dynamic of a game in a different way, and it's with your legs, and that really matters in today's NFL. I just worry that, and it's not like the same people in the organization in Washington anymore, but if there's any just worry that, like, oh, we had this in RG3, and then he got hurt. We don't want a quarterback that's going to go out there a little slender, can run a lot, get hurt. There's Trust me, there's still scars from 2012 and what happened. Shout out to Dylan who puts in the uh, in the chat here the days back when Spencer Rattler was going to be the number one oh, overall yeah. pick. That was oh, those God, that and JT Daniels being the favorite to win Heisman for a year were, were my favorite years. Um, really quick, Bo Nix had a terrible day today. Bo Nix, I I would be pissed if my team needed a quarterback and they drafted Bo Nix. And this is like I'm not mm-hmm. saying he can't be a decent quarterback, but I wouldn't want Bo Nix. Um, you know, Michael Penix, if he didn't have two knee knee injuries, two knee surgeries would be interesting. But I want one of those top three guys if I need a quarterback. And if the Bears or the Commanders or anybody else is looking to move out of that pick, um, yeah, I'm making a phone call. This is the year to get your guy. Because next year you're looking at who? Shador, Quinn Ewers? You want one of those top yeah. three guys this year. This is, this is the time to do it for quarterbacks. We could have maybe seven wide receivers taken in the first round. We got edge rushers. We got tackles. I mean, this is really a loaded draft. If you're looking for some of the most important positions in the NFL, you've got them right now, right here. It's BetMGM Tonight. We're back with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Well, the Wizards pulled out. A, nope, just kidding. The Clippers won 125-109 over, uh, over those Wizards, Ryan. Good thing you didn't bet them the night like you thought about it. I was in a spot, man. I thought about it today, and I was like, the Heat are going to beat the Kings. They've lost seven straight. Sacramento's won four straight. This just feels like a night where that comes to an end for both. Heat win, 115-106. I hate having betting regret, but I have betting regret. 
Uh, Cavs 128-121 over the Pistons. Your Bulls, your Bulls, 117-110 winners over the Hornets. Got the Pelicans up on the Rockets with two minutes to go, 105-97. And the Timberwolves with nobody playing for Dallas tonight, 121-85 over the Mavs. Fourth quarter's got about 30 seconds left in it. Spurs also, uh, oh, I got my laptop in the way, yep. 108-98. The home setup's got a lot of a lot of screens, a lot of screens, more than we have there. So Ron and I have been going through the uh, home studio, home setup, the various things that we've got, uh, apparel, if you will, or just random stuff behind us, uh, you know, just diff- like I got a uh, got this random Caps hat here, too. It's one of those, like, rope hats. Never actually worn it. It was some giveaway, but just sits here. It's there. Uh, you this time, though, you've brought out something that is near and dear to your heart for this segment. Well, yeah, I, I bought this. This is, uh, I got this in 1997. The day after, actually 1998, I guess, the day after the Packers won the Super Bowl and uh, was a big Brett Favre guy. And uh, this is the sweatshirt. I wear this every Sunday. This is my good luck sweatshirt. And uh, Trista's been begging me to wear this out. I think I got this at a Montgomery Ward the day after the Packers won the Super Bowl. And I wear this every Sunday for good luck. Usually it ends up being bad luck once we get to the playoffs, but I wore this, uh, well, I got to wear it for one Super Bowl, so brought it out for you. And then I'll go back to the uh, jerseys for the last segment. But what do you, what, what do we, what do go. we got on there? What do we got? What do you got? All right. This one I told you, I told you this is pretty, uh, pretty obscure here, too. Here we go. I'll get away from the mic. A oh, New Marcus York Canby. Knicks number 23. Yeah. There you go. New York Knicks, Marcus, Marcus Canby jersey. I realize more and more like how long champion had the jerseys too. Cause like a good portion of the ones I have still have the champion logo here. Cause I stopped buying jerseys a long time ago. Now I kind of miss it. Yeah. I want to go buy some again, but uh, yeah. yeah, this is the Marcus Canby Knicks Jersey. I feel like right up there with the, the randomness of the Michael Finley Mavs Jersey. So I feel like it's pretty damn close, but I got a big one for you. Got a big one for you. Last segment, the grand finale is gonna, it's gonna throw you through a loop and I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. So I, uh, I bet it's going to be if I was go- if I was a betting man, which I am, uh-huh. I'm going to go with <laughs> New York Knicks John Starks. Nope, nope. I guarantee, I guarantee you won't be able to guess what this is. That I promise. Is it a uh, Miami Heat Bimbo Coles? <laughs> no, but that's a that's a really good one. It's actually a Judd Bushler jersey just for you. So I've got one of number those waiting 30. in the wings. Good old for, number number thirty. <laughs> Bushy for three. Kaboom. <laughs> Everybody always has those random guys that you remember for like your team growing up as a kid. That was like a fan favorite, random role player, whatever it was. That just for some reason they just stick in your head, right? Like I feel like Judd Bushler is one of those yeah. guys for you because you've mentioned well, him quite a bit. Well, no, I mean, like, that was the best part about being a Bulls fan in the uh, early and mid and late 90s was you would fall in love Mm -hmm. with the bench mob because the Bulls start like, the Bulls would kick the piss out of everybody. But Ron Harper, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen were all aging. So by the fourth quarter, those guys would be on the end of the bench with ice on their knees. And it would be Steve Kerr, Randy Brown, you know, Spider Sally, uh Jason Caffey actually Jason Caffey was getting some serious run there for a while Dickie Simpkins mm-hmm. uh you know yeah. Rusty LaRue Judd Bushler Steve Kerr Kukoc sometimes had to run with those bums which always pissed yeah. me off because I was like why is Kukoc running in the fourth quarter with Bushler and with all due respect Bill Wennington 
um, you know, in, in the corpse of Robert Parrish mm-hmm. towards the, remember like Robert Parrish was on that team. Yes. He was the Bulls. He was, that was probably, that was like his 20th year in the league. I think 19th or 20th year was when he played in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. The Bulls always had the weirdest bench, man. Like, um, yeah. Bison Daley. Well, you know, RIP, we think. Has that ever been solved, yeah, that, man? I think it has, hasn't it? I think they did kind of solve what happened with that. I think so, I'm too. I, sure. I watched that entire, I watched like the entire special on it. That was a sad and really weird yeah. story. Dude was a hell of a player, man. That was, that was weird. But yeah, he was on the 95 96 team. He was like a late pickup, played like 18 games, and then got some run in the playoffs. So. Yeah, he did. It was weird. I do remember that. He was still Brian Williams then, too, wasn't he? Or was he Bison Daley then? He was Brian Williams then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's – you're looking – we can go down this nostalgic rabbit hole. It's just crazy how much stuff you kind of accumulate as time goes on, and it just it just sits there. And who knows? Maybe one day uh, Caleb Williams' Bears jersey is going to fit in the same category for some kid. He's had it, and it's 30 years down the road. And you remember Caleb Williams and what could have been because Jaden Daniels, number two to Washington. No. Uh, you know, so if you're also looking at these markets here, just as we dabble in the draft a little bit, forget the number one overall pick. How about the first non-quarterback chosen, heavy favorite, but not nearly as heavy of a favorite as Caleb Williams is to go number one, Marvin Harrison Jr., minus 475. And then is Jared Verse, the edge rusher out of Florida State, uh, five to one. So I... You know, it's interesting. I, I feel like the draft, in terms of the four players taken, barring any trades right now, actually feels really set to me. It's just really a matter of, does number two and number three look Jaden Daniels, Drake May, or Drake May two, Jaden Daniels three to the Patriots, and then four, Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, trades could totally shake this thing up, but if I'm any one of these teams, I'm not trading out of these spots unless you have a massive, massive haul and if you need a quarterback, you're still going to be in the spot down the road where you need to look for a quarterback. So I just kind of feel like the intrigue starts in the NFL draft after number four. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's why, I mean, we were doing the show, oh man, was it Monday night when I brought up the first non-quarterback to be taken in the draft? Uh, Marvin feel, Harrison. I feel like it. all the days are a blur now. Everything's a blur to me. Yeah, so I'm looking at it. It was <laughs> January 26th. 7.54 p.m. And I said, this price makes absolutely no sense. And it was minus 195. It was really chalky. But I took Marvin Harrison to be the first non-quarterback taken. And I even pointed at it. And you were like, ooh, that's a really good bet. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know who else would go. Because there's not that, there's not that like dynamic pass rusher that you have to take. Like Miles Garrett's not in this draft. You know what I mean? Like, and right. every year, even when that guy is there, like, remember when Aiden Hutchinson, everybody's like, oh, man, I just, we kind of know what his ceiling is. His ceiling is nine and a half to ten sacks. And I was like, yeah, that's a really good ceiling. But this year he proved his ceiling was much more than that. You know, he had what, like 14 and a half sacks. Uh, you know, he was making plays even all over the field. So I don't think that there's that guy in this draft. And Marvin Harrison, I mean, we've been talking about him now for the last two years. It is a really deep wide receiver class. I don't think it's a huge yeah. drop off from him to, you know, a guy like Xavier Worthy. I really like Roma Dunze as well, obviously. There's a bunch of guys. I like all these guys, but Malik yeah, Neighbors. I just, I, Malik Neighbors too. Malik Neighbors, obviously, yeah. But I just 
Yeah. I don't think there's a chance that anybody else gets taken before him. So that, that was my favorite bet. And I'm glad to see that I beat the number on that. Oh, I mean, by far, I'm surprised that that was even priced at what it was, you know, when you found it. But yeah, if you, if we start looking at number five here, I think this is when we really kind of get into where things could get muddy very quickly. And again, let's take trades out of this, right? Because we can't predict trades. We don't know where that's going to go. You have ideas and maybe teams that want to get up there. But I mean, who knows if the Broncos decide they want to trade up for a quarterback. I saw reports out there. They're, they're so interested and they want to be aggressive and move up to number one to try to get Caleb Williams. Well, you're going to have to offer the Bears a lot, and I don't think that's going to happen. But just because you want to do it doesn't mean it's actually going to be the case. But, you know, Brock Bowers could be an all-time great tight end. This guy could be falling to number five. Now, I get it. A lot of times people look at tight ends, right? You know, you don't want to take a quarter, you know, a tight end in like the top five. That's Brock Bowers is the type of tight end that you take at number five. Great fit for the Chargers there, but he also could fall, let's say, what if the Chargers decide to go with an edge rusher? What if the Chargers decide to go younger and take Malik Neighbors at number five because we know you got Jim Harbaugh there. You're going to not want to pay for all these receivers. Mike Williams gets cut. Receiver makes a lot of sense for them. And then Brock Bowers falls to number six, and the Giants decide that they want to go with him and have kind of a, a two-tight end weapon with a couple of pass catchers out there if they want to add that to their offense or Roma Dunze. But like, there's, it really starts to scramble itself after four the more and more you look at all the possibilities with these teams. And again, the talent that's there, man, this is a really, really deep draft. Yeah, and I also feel like it's a draft where we're going to see some trades too. You know, and that's what yes. makes it a little harder. Um, there's going to be some teams that need quarterbacks. They're going to look – although, man, I, I, a lot of these top guys, like Chicago, I think, goes Caleb Williams. Commanders definitely go mm -hmm. quarterback. I feel like the quarterbacks are just going to fly off the board. And then these tackles, of course, like I, I like Joel out of Notre Dame. I love the wide receivers. Man, like there's some really good damn players that are going to go later on in this draft. Like I'm thinking of like selfishly about my team, like about the Green Bay Packers. But if you're a team and there's plenty of them, like these contending teams, I'm thinking about Kool-Aid McKinstry, like in the late mm -hmm. 20s. And Green Bay is probably going to have a needed defensive back if they move on from Jair Alexander after his weird Instagram post, even if they keep him, they need a number two. And then how about Detroit as well? Like imagine if they're able to go out there and get a Kool-Aid McKinstry, um, like a lockdown corner, or get some help in that secondary. So it's going to be inter an interesting draft, not only with the quarterbacks and these top wide receivers and pass rushers, but also just like these contending teams. Cause I'm with you, man, like Brock Bowers, he's a fascinating player in this draft because yeah, like when Kyle Pitts, I, I didn't like the pick for Kyle Pitts in Atlanta just because I was like, who the hell is going to be the quarterback? Um, you, you, you know, like, I, but I, I liked Laporta yeah. to Detroit. That was he was fitting a team need, and I really liked him at Iowa. Mm -hmm. So um, I think Brock Bowers could be the perfect fit for one of these teams. And I think tight ends are going to go quicker or earlier in the draft yeah. now. Uh, you know, like look at Travis Kelsey, you know, what Gronk did for years. The position's obviously changed. But let's even go younger. I mean, you mentioned Kyle Pitts, and I think with a real quarterback there, and he's actually getting some targets, we see what the potential is. But Laporta filled a spot that was actually held by TJ Hawkinson. And then the Lions traded him really early on, and we're like, what are they? Why, why would you do that? And he's thrived before he got hurt, obviously, in Minnesota, one of the best young tight ends in the NFL. So we're seeing a lot of that now where the tight ends are back again. I mean, we could argue, I mean, really, Tony Gonzalez, obviously, one of the all time greats, but I feel like kind of. He was there and had already been there for a while, and we transitioned over to, like, you were getting the uh, Jimmy Grahams 
of the world that were starting to step in where he was like more of a pass catcher, right? Because he wanted to get paid like a receiver. So he didn't want to be called a tight end, but he was used as a receiver a lot. We've really started to see the value of tight ends in more than just a blocking role in a pass-happy league now in the NFL. And if you've got somebody that can be a transcendent player at the tight end position, I mean, you can line him up in the slot. You can come up with some different creative ways to get him involved to where you don't look at tight ends the same way that they maybe used to be before, where they're legit weapons. And Travis Kelsey's an all-time great, may go down as the greatest tight end we've ever had. But George Kittle is somebody that's right up that, that we're going to see in the Super Bowl. But he can also go out and block. I mean, we saw in the first half against the Lions, dude didn't have a catch. He just blocked the whole time. Then they got him involved in the second half. So, like, if you can find a guy that can do both, be involved in that way, kind of have some of the old-school tight end mix in with a pass catcher, wide receiver blended together. I mean, it's like running backs, right? Running backs today that can also be pass catchers out of the backfield. Your value is so much more because you're versatile in a league where you need to be able to do more than one thing. Also goes to the conversation about centers in the NBA now. How the big man is today versus the way that they used to be and how it's evolved. So, these guys are evolving and where positions look different than the way that they used to be. Brock Bowers going number five. I think that's a great spot for the Chargers there. But, you know, again, there's offensive linemen out there. You saw Joe Alt play a lot at, at Notre Dame. I feel like he's, I mean, the guy's 6'8", 322. There, there's going to be a team that's going to need somebody that's going to fill that tackle position. And Joe Alt is going to be really valuable. Yeah, there were some games where I was like, what the hell from Joe Alt? I mean, I really, really like him, but mm-hmm. like the Louisville game. And granted, like that was the... Mm-hmm. Worst part of their schedule. But he was just getting yeah. thrown around a little bit in that game. He was on his ass like three times. But like mm-hmm. him, I like him a lot. I do think that he's going to be a really good pro. I, I There's a couple tackles I really like that are going to go early in this yeah. draft in the first round. Tackles are going to fly off the board. Quarterbacks, obviously, wide receivers, pass rushers. And then there's going to be some really good value later on in the draft. Um, you know, it, the corner position, safety position in the secondary. Uh, that's where some of these contending teams, I think are going to be able to fill their needs, but, um, man, I'm, I'm really jacked for this draft. And after, you know, the bears go most likely Caleb Williams, I have no idea what's going to happen because we all thought it was just going to be Caleb or Drake may, and then Drake may Caleb Williams. But now who knows, Mm -hmm. man, I I've even like, I've seen these weird draft reports where people are talking themselves into Joe Milton, which I would, I would, I would never do. Um, he's got a really strong arm, but if you go back and you watch the yeah. tape at Tennessee, not very good, but that's, it, it's lying season. Like you said, it's, it's, um, yes, you know, combine season. So it's who looks good in their underwear, sitting down, throwing, throwing the deep ball. Yep. It's going to get interesting. How many times have we seen the quarterback with the big arm though, just get all the attention in the world. And then you realize that's all he's got. I mean, Kyle Bowler yeah. is somebody is, that comes to my mind. God, you go back to that, throwing the football through the up post in his knee. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, just go down the list. There's a million of these guys. I mean, Jamarcus Russell. God. All right, wrap it up next. Bet MGM tonight. Now, back to Bet MGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. Order and a standing ovation for Damian Lillard in his return back to Portland. He thought he'd finish his career there, may go back there at some point. He's got eight. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's only got two against his former team, the Bucks. So there's that, Ryan. Uh, we're continuing the bit. One last segment: the jerseys. No. The jersey. I'm mad. Yours is so predictable. I mean, this. I knew it was coming. No. I knew it was. No. You've had a lot of random shirts. What? No. What's no? 
What's no? What are you wearing? It wasn't supposed to be. It was not supposed to be, though, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we already had the Zedaria Smith. We were not going to double up with the Green Bay jerseys. It was actually uh-huh. supposed to be a Jonathan Taze. But my wife put it up in the attic, and there's 0% chance that I was going to make it back. It would have been like me having to run upstairs to use the bathroom during a commercial break. So no Jonathan Taze, no number 19. We had to go boring, and I had to go Aaron Rodgers to continue the bet. Now, are you wearing a Jesus Shuttlesworth? Oh, you got it right away. Good job. Yes. There you go. Right there. My name is Jesus. I am the man. Yeah. Hell yeah. The great Jesus Shuttlesworth. Ray Allen. Oh, man. Such a great movie. And a great jersey, too. So I got the old Lincoln High School right here. There we go. <laughs> you nailed that right away. I'm very. Uh, I got this. So I went on a spree where I was buying a bunch of movie jerseys because that was how I wanted the home setup to be, like when we moved into this house. And obviously home setups were becoming more and more important in our industry. It's like for everybody and everything they do. So it started off with the ones I got behind me, the Bobby Boucher and the Shane Falco. Got the Ricky Vaughn and was like, I got to get some basketball. So I got I got this, uh, I got the Jesus Shuttlesworth here. And I also do have a Jackie Moon from the Flint Tropics. Have that jersey too. That's in there. And then I should have, I've got like one more movie character jersey. And I can't even think of what it is right now. Uh, but it does exist. There is one more somewhere. Oh, Ray Finkel. I got a Ray Finkel jersey too. I'm looking yeah. for Ray Finkel and a clean pair of shorts. Yeah. So that that also exists. The old Ray Finkel Miami jersey. So you, you'd be surprised, man. Let me tell you something. I mean, obviously Amazon gets you everything, everywhere, whatever you want. The amount of cheap movie character jerseys that you can buy on Amazon is, it's, it's a problem. Because I could go in and buy, like, you could get the old Mighty Ducks jerseys from those movies when you're a kid. I mean, you go down the list, yeah. dude. It's just about anything you could ever ask for on there. I guarantee there's not another sports talk show, gambling show, betting show in the world tonight that brought out an Aaron Rodgers, Zadarius Smith, Tony Kukoc, Omar Vizquel, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers t-shirt, Green Bay Packer 1997 Super Bowl champ sweatshirt, Jesus Shuttlesworth jersey. We had a uh, Michael Finley jersey on here. Yeah. We had a Larry Johnson Kobe Bryant number Grandma. 8 jersey. Grandma, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just a ridiculous showing. Everything Scott brought to the this... table. Scott's got shoulder pads on right now. Scott, it's it's crazy. <laughs> his what his Chris Cooley, but that's a Chris Cooley game worn. So Scott always tops it because he's got all the game worn. So he he wins that when it's all said and done. But in the end, he's uh he's wearing sweaty jerseys that he can't wash. So I don't I don't know if that's really a win, but we'll consider it a win in in his eyes. So uh, how about your Bulls tonight, man? Getting themselves a win. Are they going to make trades? They're going to sell deadline. You know, next Tuesday when we're in Vegas, NBA trade deadlines coming again, man. Are your Bulls going to sell anybody? I mean, like I think um, they're probably the most fascinating team at the deadline, right? Just because for the last two mm-hmm. seasons, season and a half, I guess we should say, Zach Levine's name's been brought up in trade talks. Yep. I don't think Zach gets moved. I don't even know. Like, is Demar going to get moved? Maybe Alex Caruso gets moved. I feel like the Bulls probably just stand pat, just hope to be a play-in team, and uh, that's kind of going to be the story here. But I, I don't know, man. I, I don't. I don't. I just like we keep hearing these rumors about LA. I don't know what they have to give up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they I have don't picks want in. Yeah. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. Uh, they have picks in like 2032, maybe they could give up. So if that's something the Bulls want, then maybe that's what you go with. Uh, you mortgage your future and you're a team that's still a fringe playoff team. That's where the Lakers are at this point. I think if we're looking at certain teams right now, you go, okay, like they're going to be sellers or they're going to be buyers at the deadline. The Lakers, let's put it this way. These are teams that are going to make serious efforts to be buyers at the deadline. The Warriors are one of them. The Lakers are one of them. I would think the Heat might actually be one because, I mean, look, they're 24 and 23. They just snapped a seven-game losing streak. Uh, they're, they finally beat Sacramento tonight to, to end that. I think they're going to be buyers. Uh, I mean, is Dallas maybe going to try? I don't really know how much flexibility they have, but, I mean, maybe there's a possibility because Kyrie Irving never plays basketball for them anymore. I mean, the Knicks could still. Uh, if they can get the right piece to kind of add to what they got, it might be a Malcolm Brogdon or somebody like that to add depth at the point guard position, you know, or a uh, Jordan Clarkson's been connected to them. I'd love Jordan Clarkson in the garden guy can shoot. I love watching him shoot one of the most pure jump shots in the NBA, but you know, there's also going to be a lot of sellers there. I, I just don't know if at this point, like we're not going to probably have barring some shocking development, a Kevin Durant to the Suns type of trade, like we had at the deadline last year. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like, I look at these names. I feel like Siakam being moved already is probably, like, the biggest name. And it's the NBA. Yeah. So, we say this every year. Like, I didn't see Durant getting moved. Not, I mean, not the Phoenix. We figured it was probably going to end badly, the whole him and Kyrie and Brooklyn thing. But, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know if that big name is out there this year at the deadline. And I feel like all these teams, all these contending teams, are kind of happy with what they got. I, I could be wrong, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are teams that are going after Mikhail Bridges and the Nets. They've offered multiple first-round picks. Is that going to be enough? I mean, we're talking now four or five first-round picks for Mikhail Bridges. I like the guy. I think he's a really good player. I'm not giving up five firsts for Mikhail Bridges. I'm just, I'm just not. Like, we've gotten to the point now where it's so out of control what teams have to give up in terms of future assets for a star, or even just a really good player. Mikhail Bridges is a really good player, but he's a really good player on a bad team. He's a number three, maybe a number four, great two-way wing that's very valuable in today's NBA, but that's on like a contender, right? Like Bradley Beal, we always talked about in D.C., right? Guy put up 30 points a game at his peak when it was him dragging the Wizards on his back by himself. Couldn't even get them to the playoffs. Now, I know he's older and yeah. there's been some injuries, but Beal's a number three at best in Phoenix right now. Some people argue that Grayson Allen might even be the three. I pumped the brakes on that. But, like, you know what I mean? So guys can look like stars on bad teams, but you can't then trade for that player knowing they're going to be your third, fourth option, but trade assets with a value like they're a number one. You know what I mean? Like, that's where we've gotten now. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. I mean, I looked at some, and it was – ESPN did an article, I think it was like last year or something, maybe it was in the offseason, and it was looking back at star trades and what teams gave up. And this goes back to Allen Iverson getting traded from the Sixers to the Nuggets. And it was, you know, a, a bunch of players and like one first-round pick or something. Now teams are mortgaging their future five, six, seven years down the line and giving up young assets for stars. Like the, the price to trade for a star in today's NBA has gotten out of control. Yeah, I mean, no, it really has. And that's why, really quick, like, but, but if, okay, so if you're the Knicks, I, I never, like, you're never going to win a trade. You know what I mean? Like, in the NFL, yeah. you win, and, and in the NBA, it's different in the NBA. 
in the NFL, you win through the draft. Nobody ever wins through free agency. You can make your team a little bit better, but like the Rams could go all in, you know, and trade for a Odell Beckham Jr. and a Bobby Wagner and go out and win a Super Bowl. But in the NBA, yeah, like you went through free agency and whatnot. But like if you're the Knicks and you feel like this year you have a legit shot to get to the finals, then I would trade five first round picks for Mikel Bridges. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like what are those first round picks gonna look like anyway? It, right. It, it's a lot different. Like in, in, in the National Football League, there's value like the first five, six rounds of the draft, right? There's so many damn good players, so mm-hmm. many positions. In the NBA, like if you're not in the lottery, yeah, sure, you could find a Draymond Green. You could find these guys. Um, but it's rare. You know, it, it's mostly like guys that fill your roster out. Where if you're looking for a superstar, you know, and if you think like if you're the Knicks man, you think you're a Mikel Bridges away from reaching the finals, like that's a team that I would use as an example. Maybe I would do first five five first round picks for Mikel Bridges, to be honest with you. The only thing is, does he kind of bring a the lot. same skill set that OG Ananobi does bring, you know? Yeah, which is it's good and bad, right? I mean, it's somebody that's gonna be another he can go out there, hit, you know, get he's getting 22 a game, right? Guy, he, guy can score. He's a two-way player, yeah. great wing defender, three-point shooter. So you're adding something that that matters there. I think the key there, and it's really just kind of trying to figure out, like, if you're using the Knicks as an example specifically, are they a team that feels like they need to go all in on one, like, game-changing superstar? Or do you want to have your roster be a collection of stars with, like, good players, fringe all-stars, and, like, one all-star with, Jalen Brunson like Jalen Brunson is can certainly carry this team but you need wings in the playoffs right you really do like that's just look at these teams you got to have these guys that can just that really just need to be bigger like it just it it helps and if you have OG Ananobi and Mikhail Bridges there maybe you have added that and maybe it is enough it's just a question of what else could be out there are you going to play the game of what else is out there a year or two while we have a team that's in a good spot right now and we can maybe get to the Eastern Conference Finals and then assess what we're going to do in the offseason. Or, hell, man, maybe Giannis is available in a year. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Then we start talking about that. It's probably not going to happen. Because you don't want to go down that road. We've done like, that plenty of times. Giannis can't do that, though, man. Like, Milwaukee's done everything for him. He's the one that wanted Adrian Griffin as his head coach. They traded yeah. for Dame. They traded for Drew Holiday. You know, they brought in Eric Bledsoe, which didn't work out, hence moving on to Drew Holiday and now Dame. But, yeah, I don't think Giannis – man, Milwaukee, especially for being a smaller, a middle market team, has done everything to keep him there. Yeah. Paid him. So, well, I don't know if that happens. But, but I, dude, I wouldn't do it for Mikel Bridges. I got to be honest, man. If I was the Knicks, I would. I don't see anybody in next year's draft or the year after that, like, I need. Oh, no. Now, Mikel, Brid- now, Mikel Bridges, I don't know. He might get the job done. I mean, it also depends. It depends on how much you're going to pay, too, right? You're going to start. That's going to be an expensive roster as time goes on. So you got to start thinking about the back end. You need some picks just so you can fill out the back end of your roster. But it does bring a lot to the table. Uh, I don't know. It's At some point, another star is going to ask for a trade. The question becomes, like, who is that and are they worth it? So it's the NBA, man. It's the gift that just keeps on giving year after year after year. So, all right, Ryan and I, back tomorrow. Maybe just us. Not really sure. We'll figure it out. You have done a great job with the jersey stuff tonight. Well done. Pet MGM tonight. That's a wrap. Another show is in the books. We'll be right back here tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern for the next winning edition of Bet MGM Tonight.